Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Welcome back to another episode of Resilient Minds 365. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. I have a great guest with us today. You guys are going to be in for a treat. We have Anna Lanier with us. Who is Anna Lanier? Well, Anna Lanier is a premier life strategist who specializes in helping teenagers and adults build strong and supportive family relationships. By addressing the root cause which causes people, sorry, by addressing the root cause which holds people back, Anna removes any and all excuses and replaces them with reasons and opportunities. Anna Lanier is not only proving herself in the industry for a long time, but she is sought out by people from all over the country and all over the, and around the world. Ms. Lanier went through a few hardships in life, like abandonment by her father, an alcoholic mother, insomnia for two and a half years, a suicide attempt at age 19, chronic back pain and migraines for 27 years of her life, obesity, non-alcoholic liver hepatitis, poverty, and a depressed child. What makes Anna unique is that she combines a teacher, psychologist, and parent's experience with her anti-depression expertise. Anna Lanier changes teens and adults' lives in subtle ways without lecturing, confrontation, or therapy. Her philosophy is simple. Master the game of life so you will, you will never be trapped in pain or hurt again. And in her approach with teenagers, with difficult teenagers, she teaches parents how to teach your child to master the game of life. With that said, I now present to you Anna Lanier. Anna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me, Cleonia. Thank you very much for coming on the show. So Anna, tell us more about your current position. What do you do and how you got started? So yeah, today um, I am a life strategist. I build amazing family relationships and another branch of my company helps people out of anxiety and depression. But it was not always like that, as you have mentioned in my story. <laughs> we had uh, we had some hardships in life that we went through. Uh, the way I, I I call it today is like it is possible to become a life strategist from being a suicidal teenager. Mm. Wow, yeah, you definitely went through a lot in your in your past. Um, and what, so what made you decide that you wanted to be a life strategist of all things to be in this world? Why a life strategist? Because this is what helps people out of their pain and suffering. Right. So I suffered until the age of 38 in tremendous amount of problems, right? Until I realized that I know everything about the game of suffering. I know nothing about the game of life. And it's when I had to hire four mentors because I didn't believe that one is going to help me. I hired four, right? Of because course. it was so the much magic number. <laughs> <laughs> but I, four of them is like, get me the hell out. 
right? And at the beginning, they were like, really, do you really want to get out? Aren't you just a little bit in love with your pain and suffering? I'm like, listen, it's been enough. It's been up to here for three generations. And my kid is showing signs of depression. And as a suicidal person, when your child is showing signs of depression, that means automatically they're going to be suicidal. I mean, if you go to University of Psychology, they tell you all this. Mm -hmm. right it's data it's data it's not you know so I said this is one thing I don't want to deal with my kid being suicidal when I was right so when I got out of um, my condition of anxiety and depression this was my condition um, within like seven months after 38 years of suffering I realized that nobody else knows how to do it I thought that I was like the last person on the train that everybody got out I was just the last one to get the memo, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that people need help in moving from the suffering position, the suffering game into the other game of living. And this is what made me decide to be a life strategy. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it when passion can fuel your, um, your purpose and um, your, your business where you can also, you know, make a, make a living out of, passion and it's just it's just awesome wonderful okay so with that said we are going to move into the mental health piece of this interview so with so with that said i'd like to know what is your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed if you were diagnosed so it would be anxiety and depression and i can say it was a self-diagnosis after my suicidal attempt uh, because after that, six months after, I went to University of Psychology to help myself out. And this was the, the only two illnesses that they were labeled there that I was suffering from, anxiety and depression. So, okay. yeah. All right. Thank you. So tell us, tell us more about your mental health story of resilience. What did you have to do to overcome? How did you get, to, how did you? Like, like walk us through the whole story of what you went through and how you were able to be resilient despite having um, a depression and an anxiety. So the whole thing started around the age of seven uh, when I couldn't smile in a picture and nobody knew why, right? I was abandoned by my father, I had an alcoholic mother. At that time to be a single mother was kind of ashamed in that environment, right? And um, it was all this pain just turned around around the age of 12 when I started having problems of my back, um, what it's called S-shaped scoliosis. Oh. And it was so bad that at the age of 14, I was not able to sit down in the chair of a classroom. I had to stand for a mirror and write on my, on my hand like this on because I just couldn't sit down. If I would have sit down, I could never get up. So because of so much pain at such a young age, I was addicted to pain. Fibromyalgia, headaches, chronic pain, migraines, um, everything was normal. It was just another day for me. It was just absolutely normal. Between high school and college, I couldn't sleep for two and a half years and I lost it. I became suicidal. The only thing I wanted was to sleep. I took 41 sleeping pills. I'm like, man, two doesn't work. 
four doesn't work, six doesn't work, 41 is gonna work. Everybody said, you try to kill yourself. I'm like, I don't know, I tried to sleep. Okay, I was so, so desperate after two years and a half of not being able to sleep while you're in college and you have to pass all the tests and all the exams and everything. It was so much pressure on my head. I was just like ready to cut off my head, mm -hmm. right? From pain, right? So I went to University of Psychology to um, solve my problem that was 22 years ago. And today I joke that I entered as a chicken and I exited as a cow with a lot of books in my belly, but no skills. Mm. Because the first question they ask us there is who, you know, had suicidal thoughts or already been suicidal. All of the students raised our hands. Wow. Every one of us. And today, when I tell people you go to therapy, uh, you're sure you're not going to meet the depressed therapist. Hmm. Because most of the therapists and psychologists, they went through this universities and studies and stuff like that to help themselves out. Right. And they got stuck in the profession. They did not help themselves out. <laughs> That's why, you know, I quit the profession. I said, I don't want to be the complaint department and I don't want to meet my client on the bridge, which one kills himself first because I was still suicidal after I finished psychology, right? And a lot of people, you know, today they trust these kind of people like therapists and psychologists, but nobody asks them, man, how did you overcome your problem? Mm -hmm. How did you help your kid? How did you find a perfect partner? How did you fix your marriage? Nobody asks these kind of questions. You just go there and just think that talking ever solves a problem. And the truth is that it helps you for two, three days. Talking never solved the problem. Only doing it. Mm -hmm. Right? And when at the age of 38, I decided that everything I've been doing, including, you know, the, the danger of putting a child in depression, considering that my mom was an alcoholic, that would have meant my son would have been an alcoholic. Because I was suicidal, that would have meant my son would have been suicidal. It was just a matter of time because it's psychology, there is data, they tell you. Alcoholism skips a generation. Depression never skips a generation. Suicide never skips a generation. It just gets accelerated faster and faster. I was suicidal at 19. Probably my kid would have been suicidal between 14 and 16, right? Mm -hmm. So things like this that you don't realize how much pressure because you have it all the time on you, it's also on these poor kids that have no guilt on the matter, right? Mm -hmm. They just don't know what to do, right? So because of this, you know, when I started to do the actual doing, not the talking, not reading books, not reading blogs, not trying to find that one realization that will get me out, but actually do the doing, it's when I succeeded to overcome these conditions within six months, within seven months. Now we do it faster for people that are interested between three to five months because I figured out really quick what works. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Wow, so how many, so what was the number of people, um, of patients that you've, that you've um, were able to help um, overcome their depression and anxiety so far? 
We had 850 people in the last two years. Yeah, but here is the problem, Cleone. Okay, and we talked about it at the beginning of this podcast. I don't want anybody to get rid. Okay, this is harder work. You don't have to get to anxiety and depression. I don't want anybody to get there. This is why we have another branch of our company that helps people never get there. Mm. Okay, like the preventative side of it. You don't want to get to this level where it's hard for you to even, how should I say, acknowledge that you are depressed, that you want to get out of depression, that there is another way out there because you lived all your life. I did not know another life except pain exists. Mm-hmm. I did not. My, my, my mentors were saying, it's going to be fine. Take you over bridge and then you're going to find your own way. Like what way? What, what way? I only knew the suffering way. What are you talking about, right? So people, when they are into this, you can consider it the game of suffering. They don't even, they don't even can see there is something else in their life. Right. Right. So I don't want anybody to get there. This is why we have opened another branch of our company with people who want to prevent getting there. And that's very possible. And that's extremely easy to solve. Like we transform teenagers that are very difficult within six weeks. We fix marriages within 30 days, right? Mm -hmm. So these are transformation things really quick. So you won't end up in depression. You won't end up alone. You won't end up to that desperate state of nothing works and I don't know what to do because this was with me. I went to University of Psychology to study myself these things. This stuff doesn't work. What the hell does? Okay. Right? Right. Why, what the hell does, right? So this is why it's very, very important. Specifically, my youngest client is six years old. He was, because in three months we got him out. Um, six years old, between six and 25. These are formative ages. Where if you do not know that there is another game of living out there, you're going to keep playing this game of suffering on a repeat for the rest of your life. Right? So these are the formative ages where if you didn't have parents that figured out that you just slipped into a sadness mode and you didn't know to get out or, you know, suicidal thoughts or anxiety or social anxiety. So when you don't have a parent that know exactly how to help you there, they send you to a therapist or, you know, they send you to just like getting rid of you in a way because they don't know how to fix you, right? Mm-hmm. This goes up to a mature life of suffering. So here is how do we prevent that? A mature life of suffering. And the way we prevent that is building amazing family relationships. Right. That makes sense. With everybody getting along, understanding each other, not throwing pain on each other. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense, Leonie? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a lot of sense. All right. So the next question I have for you is... um, what did you have to do to bounce back or overcome from your lowest points? Uh, we understand um, 
the the going to school and learning the what you were learning in school did not work what what worked the best when you were in the lowest points when you're in the lowest points i had to acknowledge that i didn't know anything about life okay i knew everything about pain mm -hmm. if you would have asked me about chronic pain fibromyalgia S-shaped scoliosis, two hernias of disc, headaches, all this, all this, I knew everything about it. Everything. Mm -hmm. I was playing unconsciously, unwillingly, a game that pain is normal. Suffering is normal. Suffering is part of life. And suffering is maybe the only thing in life. I never knew anything about living. I never knew anything about how to save my marriages. I had no clue about it. I didn't know about how to save my kid from depression. I had no clue about it. Mm -hmm. So here's the lowest point. Acknowledge when you are, if you are, if somebody is at the lowest point, acknowledge the fact that you don't know anything about life, about mastering the game of life. You know everything about mastering the game of suffering. And then make a decision. Do you want to master the game of life? And when you make that decision, you will find mentors, people, antidepression experts like me that will pull you out. It's a, it's a guiding thing until you're on the other side of a bridge. You can't do it alone. Everybody thinks they can do it alone. I'm very educated. I studied two universities in the same time. I'm coming from a family of intellectuals that is nothing in the books that we don't know. And I was still not able to do it alone. Wow, I understand. Okay. Nobody. Yeah. All right. My next question for you is um, what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point that you wish you had? Three things that I wish I had available. I wish somebody would have told me that pain is removable. Hmm. I did not know that you can take out pain with specific strategies and techniques. Right. The second thing I wish somebody would have told me is like the life of the people you see around you, because it was a life of suffering. I saw it at my mom and my grandmother, at my neighbors. Everybody was in some kind of suffering, right? That life is not the only life it exists. Right. I that happiness was in the movies and that's where the actors pretend to be happy. Okay, mm -hmm. this is what I believed. I did not know that it's possible. And the third thing that I knew, but I just didn't know how to get out of it, is that all this suffering keeps you down. When you get rid of it, you can accomplish more than three generations of your family. In the last seven years, I accomplished more than the last three generations of my family. Amazing. Just I succeeded to let it go. And I didn't know that. And I wish somebody would have told me that because I would have dropped it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, definitely. Right, Leonia, it's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I want exactly. to accomplish, I don't want to just, you know, die here by myself, by the inside of myself, right? Because right. you're just... Death of self, anxiety, mm -hmm. the slow death of self is like 
you're like paddling on the shore and you just don't get anywhere. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So my next question to you is what words of hope can you give to our listeners? What would you tell them? It's possible when you're ready. Yes. It's possible when you're ready. It's possible. Some people think they're ready and then they're like, oh, I'm not sure. So when you're ready to do doings, okay, not to talk about it, not to complain about it, not to think that you are very, very different. This is one of the things that I tell people, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not so different. There are only four types of men, four types of women in the world. We all want to be different. Our story is different. Our pain is the same. We have just five levels of pain, right? Mm. So, you know, when you're ready, it's possible. Okay, love that. When you're ready, it's possible. All right, they say, um, what what is it? When you are ready for change, a teacher will find, a teacher will present itself. Something like that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Something will like that. A mentor will appear. And the same for me. Four mentors appeared in the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> and crazy. I'm, at the same time. I'm like, I'm done with this game of suffering. Show me something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. When you're ready, when you are ready, anything, the resources that you need in order to move forward, to propel yourself forward will present itself. It's because it's almost like, it's like a, it's like a law of attraction type of thing where you attract, you will attract what you need in order to, from the, um, to move forward. So. Yeah. But law of attraction, you also, when you're suffering, you attract who you are. So careful about having the mentality that life is suffering like I have just because I only saw around me suffering Mm -hmm. right and as soon as I get out of it now I see a different world we just came from a business conference with a couple of millionaires and billionaires and I'm like wow this world I never thought it exists it's amazing I love it love it because of attraction it's it's the law of attraction's fault That's (laughs) that's true that's true you're attracting new things in your life into your um, into your circle. So now we're going to switch switch gears on the interview a little bit. Um, as you can see behind me, there's a book. It's called The Music of My Life on my on my wallpaper. Um, that book is a story about um, music therapy and my journey with bipolar disorder. So with that said, I would like to ask you. What type of music do you like? I actually found out I love Viking music. Viking music? Viking music, okay. So you're gonna, have to, you're gonna I have never heard of this, so you're gonna have I to have learn of it that is. But I found out I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the Vikings were in, um, 2000 years ago, they were in a, a double-edged sword they were losing their lives okay and okay. they had things mutated looks like i have one of them so i used to be a viking once i didn't know that either um one of the genes is actually connected to depression and another 33 diseases and cancers and on the other side they were warriors they were not the ones who are going to just be defeated right so that 
you know, that duality in me of survival, but not as a defeated person. I found it exceptional as well with Viking Druid music, which sometimes it's, it's very peaceful, like nature-wise, and sometimes like warrior-wise. Okay, okay. It's really cool. Interesting. <laughs> I have never in my 41 years heard of that type of music. I heard, it, I heard it for the first time, like, what is that? I'm like, oh my God, it's just like, it expresses me, right? It just, it just tells me. You know, that warrior phase in me, you know, the other side, that calm after the storm thing that I can slip into, right, at any time. And mm. it's not not the type of music that holds on to pain or anything like that. It's the one that overcomes it. So, yeah, it is amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so with that said, if you were to think of a song that best describes your journey, what would it be and why? It would be frozen. Let it go. So <laughs> That's not Viking music, right? That to be a queen of ice, right? Even if you know you you're doing some bad things at the beginning. Yes. But the same thing with all of us. Okay, we've been holded down by these kind of you know situations like anxiety, depression, suffering, pain, heartbreak, you know, all of these things were being kept down. Our potential is when we break free. Yes. Let go of all this pain. It's when we rise to who we truly are. And we can see this, especially in children. Every parent knows how much potential is in there. When you see that sad smile, you know they cannot make it. They need some help. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love it. So how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? So yeah, you can find me at lookingonnailonear.com, but nobody knows how to um, spell that. So <laughs> um, I do have a website, easier to spell. It's called betteraskanna, with one n.com. We where we down, actually. What better is that? Ask, better ask better Anna. Anna with one N dot com. And on that website, we have courses for parenting difficult teenagers. They're for free classes. We have um, classes for healthy relationships. Either you want to find the right partner or you want to save your marriage. We have a service where you can ask me a question before you make all kinds of decisions in life that get you to depression and anxiety because you just follow the wrong people's advice mm. okay and we have courses for uh, parents and adults two separate courses if they're interested in overcoming anxiety and depression everything is for free on that website better ask anna with one n.com and in those courses for overcoming anxiety and depression i give you the entire formula in an hour and a half i give everybody the entire formula how to overcome depression. Everything is for free. Wow, that's amazing. Very resourceful. Yes. We're oh trying to help out of these conditions. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Anna, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on our show today. It was a, truly a pleasure. Truly a pleasure. Thank you, Cleone. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. No problem. 
So, and to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also join the community of Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my new book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. If you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Anna's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag myself on Instagram. You can tag myself at onicleone or Resilient Minds 365. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Oh, 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 oh,